Good morning, everyone. It's good to have you here today. Last week, I mentioned that I met with a friend during the summer, and he shared with me that he had lost his passion um, for Christ. And so we decided we're going to start getting together on a regular basis. And as we did, we really focused in on the topic of enjoying God. Um, Our conversations led us to the first question in the Westminster Shorter Catechism, which is the most popular of all the questions, which asks, what is the chief end of man? And so we see that our church fathers are asking, what should be the person's highest endeavor, goal, or purpose? And our church fathers answered that important question by saying man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. But as I shared, uh, I discovered that there are many theologians that actually prefer another answer to this question, what is man's chief end? And they prefer to answer the question, man's chief end is to glorify God by enjoying him forever. What they're saying is that a a person's highest purpose in life and endeavor should be to glorify God by enjoying him. Simply stated, we glorify God by enjoying God. Well, if, that, if glorifying God by enjoying him is true, and I believe it is true, the question certainly should be asked, is there a manual that, is, that we might read to discover how to glorify God and enjoy him? And the answer, of course, is, is yes. God wrote a manual for us, and it's called the Bible. And the Bible directs us how we are to glorify and enjoy God. As a matter of fact, the, the writers of the Shorter Catechism, after they ask the first, answer, first ask and answer the first question, their second question is, what rule has God given us so that we might glorify and enjoy him? And they conclude, The word of God, which consists of the scriptures of the Old and New Testaments, is the only rule to direct us how to glorify and enjoy him. You see, God has given us his word, that is the Bible, so that we would be no longer tossed here and there by the waves of worldly wisdom. God, in his infinite wisdom, scribed his word and his will onto the pages of scripture so that we would be no longer carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, and by the craftiness of deceitful scheming. Truly, God's word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Amen? Amen. The Bible even asks the question, how can a person keep their way pure? And the Bible answers, by keeping it according to your word. See, I want to set the record straight. It might not be a news flash for many of you, but we believe that all scriptures in both the Old and New Testament was inspired by God, profitable for teaching, for proof, for correction, for the training in righteousness, so that we might be adequately equipped for every good work. We are Bible-believing Christians. This is a Bible-believing church. What that means is that we believe that the Bible is true 
from cover to cover. And if the Bible says that God created all things from no thing in the span of six days by the word of his power, well, that's what happened. If the Bible says that the children of Israel, that, that God parted the Red Sea at the time of the Exodus, and the children of Israel were able to walk across the basin of the Red Sea on dry land, if the Bible says that, well, it happened. If the, if the Bible says that Jesus was born of the Virgin Mary, it happened. And the Bible, if the Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe upon him would not perish but have everlasting life. Well, that's what happens. Can I get an amen in the house? We believe that God has inscribed in his word all things necessary to give him glory, all things necessary for our salvation all things necessary for us to be people of faith and all things necessary for us to enjoy an abundant life. If you're here today and you have questions about the Bible, I, I want to offer myself to you. We can sit down. You can ask me any question you would like. I'm happy to do that. My phone number is on the back of the worship guide. Or you can send me an email. But it's important for us to really embrace the word of God. I want to encourage you to get involved in one of our Bible studies. And I want you, because God wants you to grow in the knowledge of his word. As I've said on many occasions, there's nothing wrong with being a spiritual infant or a spiritual babe, but it's wrong to stay there. We have to grow in Christ. Every Christian has to transition from drinking only spiritual milk to eating spiritual meat. Now, the motive of us knowing the Bible is not for us to become Bible teachers or professors or theologians, even though that might happen. But the reason why God wants us to know his word is because his word gives us a knowledge of who he is. And his word gives us the understanding how we may glorify him. God desires for us to know his word because knowing God's word brings us the fullness of joy. The fullness of joy. Just hours before Jesus was betrayed and arrested, he was comforting his disciples in the garden by giving them his final instructions. During that time, he shares with his disciples that he is the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father except through him. During that time, Jesus spoke about the coming of the Holy Spirit who would bring into remembrance all that he had taught them and even give them a clearer understanding of God's word. He shares with them about the great works that they will do in his name after his departure. And as he was sharing these things with his disciples, he said to them, These things I have spoken to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. 
Now, isn't it remarkable that Jesus in his darkest hour, just prior to his arrest, was concerned about our joy? And Jesus, he continued his teaching his disciples the word. And then the scriptures tell us that he lifted his eyes to heaven and he began praying to his heavenly father. And as Jesus prayed, he said these words. But now I come to you and these things I speak in the world so that they may have my joy made full in themselves. I have given them your word. Notice that Jesus spoke God's word to his disciples so that his joy would be in them. And we need to realize that the Bible teaches us that God teaches us his word so that Jesus' joy, the joy of Christ, would be in us. Jesus says that my joy may be in you. These things I have spoken to you so that my joy may be in you. And while he was praying, he says, these things I speak so that they may have my joy. Jesus' desire was that his joy, his perfect and complete joy, would abide in us. Now, Jesus is not referring to some occasional feeling of happiness or delight but rather he is referring to a divine disposition that constantly abides with the believer regardless of the circumstances. As the scripture says, rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say, rejoice. See, Jesus' joy was to glorify the Father, and he would not allow the persecution of the Pharisees the betrayal of a brother, a denial of a disciple, or the curse of the cross to interfere with his joy. No, the scripture tells us that Christ endured all these things for the joy that was set before him. And that's the kind of joy that Christ wants to abide in you. A type of joy that overcomes these circumstances and situations in our life the joy that will never leave us or forsake us as we dig into his word. It's a supernatural joy. It's not the joy of this world. It's not the joy of food and drink and places, even though there's great enjoyment in those things. We're talking about here a supernatural joy that overcomes Darkness, depression, and discouragement. We're talking about a supernatural joy that overcomes trials, tribulations, and temptations. We're talking about a joy that cannot be taken away from us. We're talking about a joy that stays focused on the glory of God and enjoying God in every circumstance and situation in our life. Nobody is going to steal Christ's joy from my life. Brothers and sisters, Jesus in his darkest hour taught his disciples the word of God. Why? So that their joy would be made full. If our chief purpose is to glorify God by enjoying him forever, we must find joy 
in God's word. We cannot count on our emotions to bring us the fullness of joy because our emotions are fickled and fleeting. We cannot count on our judgments to bring us the fullness of joy because our judgments have bias and are pretentious. We must find the fullness of joy by embracing the word of God. As the apostle John wrote in his epistle, these things we write so that our joy may be made complete. You see, our joy is complete only as we embrace the word of God. God gave us his word so that our joy would be made feel full. And by embracing God's word, we will experience the fullness of joy in the Holy Spirit. There's an episode in the book of Nehemiah, chapter 8, where we read that the exiles returned to rebuild their lives in the ruins of the city of Jerusalem. They were people of faith, determined to rebuild and begin a new life. They overcame opposition from outsiders and defections from within their own people. They rebuilt the city walls, they set new doors at the city gates, and they appointed guards for security. But they neglected one thing, the word of God. So Ezra the priest called the people together in the square in front of the water gate, and he read to the people the word of God. And as the word of God was read, there were those who were scattered within the crowd who had been trained to be able to explain to the people what, 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 so they might understand the reading. The people were taught the word of God the entire day. And at the conclusion of that day, Nehemiah, who was the governor, said to the people, Go, eat of the fat and drink of the sweet, for this day is holy to the Lord. And the scripture tells us that they went away and they celebrated. And they celebrated because the word of God had been read and explained to them. And as a matter of fact, the people gathered together for the next seven days to hear the word of God read and explained to them. And this chapter, the chapter concludes by saying, and there was great rejoicing in that city. <clears throat> Brothers and sisters, I see it all the time. People trying to rebuild their lives while neglecting the word of God. They're people of faith, overcoming obstacles, and they begin to experience a certain level of security living in God's kingdom. But there's something missing. They neglected the word of God. But as they gather themselves together and begin learning the word of God, they start experiencing a joy that's inexpressible and full of glory. I want you to hear it. I want you to understand that only the word of God restores the soul. Only the word of God makes us wise. Only the word of God rejoices the heart. Only the word of God enlightens our eyes. 
Only the word of God endures for the ages, is righteous in all of its parts, and is desired by all those who seek to glorify God. Only by the word of God can we truly discern our errors. Only the word of God can restrain us from presumptuous sins. Only the word of God is able to judge our, the thoughts and intentions of our heart. And only the word of God causes our hearts to burn within us. Only the word of God is able to give us wisdom that leads to salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. For the Bible was written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and by believing you would have life in his name. These things are written, declares the Lord, so that you may have eternal life. Only the Bible can give you the words that will lead you to eternal life. Blessed is a man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. And that man, that man, will be like a tree planted by the streams of water that yields its fruit in its seasons, and its leaves do not wither. And all he does, he prospers. And the Bible's not talking about you driving some fancy car or living in some big house when it's talking about you prospering. He's talking about your soul prospering. He's talking about the most valuable thing that you have in your life. Your spiritual man prospers in all of its ways because you have focused yourself intently upon the word of God and won't let anything take it away from you. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. You shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according all that is written in it. For then will your way be prosperous and then you will have good success. I've seen it. It doesn't matter if you live in a mud hut or in the White House. The fact is, if you find joy in God's word, you are a happy person and you feel successful because God has given to you all that you need to know to glorify him and to enjoy him. But living without the word of God is like a ship without a rudder. Barbara and I, we always are looking for a new show to watch. We're in Shoho right now. Pray for us. <laughs> but, you know, I, I, we watch these shows and, you know, I always get nervous. You know, it's like, why are, why, why are they going to do that? That is so stupid. They're making all these bad decisions. And, and then it will come to a time like two or three episodes along and then the person will tell the reasoning behind why they did this or that. And it's all this worldly wisdom. It's all this psychological babble. It's all this stuff. These people are like ships without a rudder. They're just going everywhere and bumping into things and destroying anything they can along the way. That's not the way that God has called us to live. King David wrote, 
I will bless in the Lord who gives me counsel. Can you believe it? The Lord gives us counsel in his word. People spend hundreds and thousands of dollars on counselors and they won't pick up the Bible. They won't ask a brother or sister in Christ, can you teach me what God's word says about marriage? Can you teach me what God's word says about this or that or other whatever? No, but they'll rush off and they'll pay hundreds of dollars an hour for a counselor and they won't consider the counsel of God's word for just a moment. What's happened to us? We, we, we must get the word of God into our lives. The Bible says, let the word of Christ dwell on you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom. We can no longer neglect it. We can no longer ignore it. I promise you that if you start learning God's word, you will rejoice like a person who has found a hidden treasure. If you start integrating the word of God into your life, you will rejoice over God's word than all riches. The Bible speaks about washing ourselves. With the word. And what that means is that we bathe ourselves in the word of God. But we have to take time to read it. Listen, in this day of smartphones and smart TVs, there's no reason why you should be neglecting the word of God. You can plug it into your phone and have it play through your sound system in your car. You know, it used to be back in the day you had to go to the Bible bookstore. Used to be back in my grandmother's day, you had to wait for the, the, the Bible salesman to come by, selling those big family Bibles that you probably have. But that's not the day we live in. Maybe they had an excuse. We have no excuse. It is not only given to us richly in written form, but electronically, it's there everywhere. It, it, how, how can you just keep on ignoring it? Listen, we need to read the Bible devotionally. Like, you know, maybe reading a psalm or a proverb, a chapter from Proverbs in the morning or maybe at night. We need to read the Bible more deeply. Like, for example, reading through the Gospel of John. Not all at once, but bit by bit. Or reading through one of the New Testament epistles. We need to read it instructively by being part of a Bible study. And you can get three, three, three in one. You can read it devotionally, more deeply, and instructively. It's all there for you, free of charge. Now, in many ways, I'm a a blessed man. Both my undergrad and my graduate degree Degrees were in biblical studies and theology. And throughout my whole adult life, I've had the privilege of interacting with the Word of God on a daily basis. Devotionally, as I prepare sermons, put together Bible studies, training programs. I'm I understand it's, it, it's, it's a blessing. It's a, it's a blessing. But I want you to know that 
my knowledge of the, of the Bible started in the same way that everybody else's does. There was a time when I didn't know the difference between the Old Testament and New Testament. There was a time I didn't know the difference between the book of Habakkuk and the book of Hebrews. There was a time I didn't know the difference between the book of Judges and the book of Joshua and you might, might, or James. You might say, my gosh, he's describing me. But by the prodding of the Holy Spirit and the encouragement of my wife, the word of God became my joy and my delight. It might come to a surprise to you, but in the first years of our marriage, Barbara was definitely scripturally more superior than I was. And now I'm just neck to neck with her. But she encouraged me. And that's what I'm trying to do for you. I'm trying to encourage you to get into the word. To stop neglecting it. The prophet Ezekiel, at the early stage of his prophetic ministry, had a vision. And in this vision, the Lord speaks to the prophet and says, Open your mouth and eat What I am giving you. And the prophet saw a hand extended down to him holding a scroll. And the Lord said to him, eat this scroll and go and speak to the house of Israel. So Ezekiel opened his mouth and he ate the scroll. And then the Lord said to him, son of man, feed your stomach And fill your body with this scroll that I have given to you. And as Ezekiel ate on that scroll, he says, it was sweet as honey in my mouth. This is the Bible that my grandmother gave to me. In 1966. My grandmother reached down to me. She says, take this, Brian. Consume it. Let it be the joy of your life. Take it. Eat it. Fill your stomach with it. Let it nourish your body. Take it, Brian. Eat it. And I took it. And it's been like sweet as honey in my mouth. This morning, I'm reaching down to you and I'm saying, take it. Eat it. Take the word of God. Consume it into your life. Stop neglecting it. Stop it. Eat it every day. Let it fill your stomach. Let it nourish your body. It is, will be as sweet as honey in your mouth. Take it. Eat it. As I was Thinking about this sermon, I thought about how 
billions of dollars are spent on prescription medicine. Doctors prescribe people medicine for high blood pressure, for lowering cholesterol, for their diabetes. They're basically prescribing this medicine to make their life better. But I was thinking, and then it suddenly hit me, if those who have been prescribed those medicines just allow those medicines to sit on the shelf in their medicine cabinets, what good is it going to do them? This is medicine for your soul. It's medicine for your soul. And what good is it sitting on, sitting on your shelf? You need to dust it off and dive in. You need to devour it. Because there is joy in God's word. Because it teaches us how we may glorify and enjoy him forever. Let's pray. Oh, Lord, our God, we come to you today confessing our neglect. And we pray, Lord, that you'd send your Holy Spirit We pray, Lord, that you would send your spirit and cause us to experience a new sense of renewal and revival concerning the joy that's found in your word. Lord, we pray that you will give us the strength just to do the practical, everyday things to take your Bible off the shelf and to read it. Pray that we would ask brothers and sisters who might know more our questions. Pray, Lord, that you would just help us to have the fullness of joy. Lord Jesus, I accept you as my Lord and Savior. Pray that you would forgive me of my sins and come into my life. Claim me as your child that I might dwell in your kingdom. And Lord, as your children, Help us, Lord, to find joy in your word. Let us find the fullness of your joy in your, through your word. And we pray these prayers in Jesus' name. Amen.